talk, give some, kind of just some teaching on, on the uh, the pastor, the. Um, did I say Ephesians four? I'm sorry if I didn't say that. I'm a little bit scatterbrained this morning. Um, pastor, elder, overseer. Um, I wanted. I'd really like to give a, a picture for everyone. Um, a little bit made different picture. Uh, because it, the terminology and the way it's used is, is kind of different um, for us. It wasn't for them. Um, but let, let me pray first, because if I keep on going, I'm going to keep on going and forget to pray. So, Lord, thank you so much for your word. Lord, thank you that you know, even uh, 2,000 years down the line, it still speaks to us. And it's still life, and it still changes uh, us. It doesn't change, but it changes us. Lord, it changes situations. And Lord, we thank you that it is, uh, it's living, and it's breathing, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And Lord, um, I pray that you by, your, by your word and by your spirit, that you'll work on us today. That you'll give us a, a fresh vision and a fresh uh, direction. Lord, give us understanding so that we... Um, Lord, that we can understand um, who we are as your body just that little much more so that we can operate fully as the body of Christ. And Lord, thank you so much for it. Thank you that you, um, and, you know, as Steve was just mentioning, you chose us. We didn't choose you. You chose us first. And Lord, we of course said yes. And you have said, you know, that you want us to be friends. That, that is just an amazing, amazing thought. Lord, help us this morning. Help me. Please help me to convey these truths from your word. If there's anything that's not right, strike it down. But Lord, um, what is, let it be something that is um, life-giving for us and uh, will we'll help us down the line. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. So we've been in Ephesians Four, um, really a lot talking about Ephesians 4.11. And I just want to remind real quickly before I, I totally dive into this. Um, uh, verse 7, it says, To each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. And then in, the, in, the, in verse 11, it says, He gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and as teachers I want to, us to remember as we are going along that all of these, and I, I hope I've mentioned this more than once, but as I'm mentioning more than once, hopefully it'll sink in. All of these things are Christ's gift for the body. These, these are, um, if you will, charisms. They're, they're gifts. They're graces that are, uh, that are upon the body of Christ. And I want to make sure and emphasize that because... Um, in, a lot, in all of these gifts, but especially, you know, in today's, um, in, in today's world with, with the apostles and with pastors, there's a lot of people out there that are, are running and who, who haven't been sent. There's a lot of um, people who call themselves these things that the Lord hasn't himself given them the grace for it. So uh, I want us to just be reminded, I don't want to dwell on that, but um, these are all Things that the Lord Himself empowers, and I believe, especially with these with these gifts, you know, it's like um, when when God created the world, and uh, He spoke the animals into existence. You know, He's like, okay, let there be a zebra, let there be a, a giraffe, you know, let let there be a, a leopard, right? 
Um, a, a zebra it has stripes and so do um, tigers, but that doesn't make them compatible, right? A zebra is a zebra, a, 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 a tiger is a tiger, right? And that's who God made them to be. And I believe with a lot of these gifts, that's what God made. He made somebody to be, so you're, you are X, boom, right? And a lot of, so you have to be, you have to kind of run within your gift, okay? And so let's re remember, these are things that Jesus gave and called people to be, all right? And they're gifts that we, that we need to operate in. So we're going to talk about the, the pastor today. Um, and really, so we have a pastor, and I'm going to, well, let's talk about that in a minute. Pastor, elder, that's spelled right, um, <laughs> overseer, I'm going to have to drop down. And we also have teacher. Overseer is often is sometimes translated bishop, okay? All right, I think I got them all. These are pretty much, with, with the exception of teacher, these are used very much interchangeably. Um, in the New Testament, and virtually everybody, all of your theologians pretty much say that. Now, quickly, I'm not going to get into the church history part of it, but quickly they, they get divided up, okay, within a couple of hundred years. Um, the, uh, the, the bishop gets kind of divided out. Uh, people start using that term. But um, in the New Testament time, they're pretty well used interchangeably. Um, now, what's interesting, pastor... Actually, does somebody know what pastor means? Shepherd, thank you. This is the only time it's translated pastor in all of the New Testament. Isn't, isn't that interesting? Yeah, we kind of have latched onto it. You know, Jesus is called the shepherd. Um, in, in the Old Testament, what, what you find, um, shepherd, it, 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 it starts out, of course, shepherds. You know, the, the, a lot of the fathers of Israel were shepherds. David was a shepherd, right? But he is raised up, David himself, he's raised up to be shepherd of all of Israel. And when you get into the prophets, um, you know, you get into Zechariah, you get into um, uh, some of these others, um, Ezekiel, uh, what, what you find is the shepherds of Israel are the leaders, and God calls them the shepherds of, of his flock. And oftentimes, it's really interesting. I don't know why it is, but uh, oftentimes when God says to the shepherds of my people, he, he's a little bit upset. And uh, when you, you look at it, just you can you can look up shepherds, or you know, in, in the Old Testament. And a lot of times it's um, that I'm upset. I'm going to strike the shepherd and scatter the flock, or the shepherds of my people have not done this. So shepherd gets to be a a um, term for the leadership. Of, of the people of God and the, the flock being the people of God. Um, so throughout the Old Testament, so when you come to the New Testament, it's, uh, you have the great shepherd, of course, who is Jesus. Uh, and that's mentioned in the New Testament. But you've got this one time it comes out as pastor, which is from the Latin, right, Karen? Um, we, we latch on to the Latin. It's, it's translated shepherd into to pastor, and we kind of latched on to that over the years. But initially it's just, it means shepherd. So um, God is continuing with the idea that his people 
are his sheep. And he puts um, shepherds in charge of the sheep. And it's just a continuation of an Old Testament concept. Um, elder is a really interesting one. Um, elder uh, is, is a, it's actually, for, for those of you who um, like grammar, I know some of you all are grammarians in here, so I'll give a little grammar for you guys. Um, elder is an adjective um, in, in, the, in the Greek. It's, it's just, it's an adjective. So it's not... Um, it's not a noun how we use it as much. Now, an adjective can be used what, what they call substantively. Some of you all might uh, know, some of you grammarians might latch onto that. It's like if you say um, the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? All those are adjectives, but they're used like nouns. So you can, when you, you can use elder as an adjective, but you can use it like a noun, the, the um, eldership, the elders. And I'm going to say it that way because... Uh, what I, Elder, let me, let me back up a little bit, um, going all the way back into the Old Testament, going as far back into Egypt, you find that the Egyptians had elders that um, helped rule in Egypt. Of course, you had the Pharaoh, but the, the elders of Egypt. You had Israel, who while they were in Egypt, and it doesn't really say, so kind of just reading into it, but we know that when Moses went to the people of um, Israel, you know, God sends him, he said, go back to my people, tell them I am sent you, perform these signs. He went to the elders of Israel. So we don't know exactly how or when they decided to have an eldership, but that's what he went to. The, so el the elders had some sort of ruling um, authority in, um, in Israel, even when they were in Egypt. And so when they come out of Egypt, you see that that continued on, um, even under Moses, you know, you had Moses, and you had, of course, Moses and Aaron, and then you had the elders. And it seemed like, it, you kind of read into it, okay? So I'm, I'm going a little bit out on a limb, and I'll tell you, I try to tell you when I'm going further out on a limb, and when I'm a little bit further back. So I'm, I'm reading into it just a little bit, but it seems like you had the elders when they came out of Egypt, and then at one point you've got God who actually calls them and says, okay, these are mine, and I'm going to put my spirit on these 70. Okay, you remember, you remember that? So it, God kind of ordains, and it's really interesting there um, that he ordains these uh, and puts his, you know, a, a portion of Moses' spirit on these other elders. So you've got the idea of the um, spirit-endowed eldership. Uh, now, when you get to the New Testament, it's really interesting. I, I, hope, I, I hope I'm not getting too technical. I'm hoping, hopefully it'll get a little bit more practical in a minute. But um, I need to get through some of the technical stuff first. And when you get to the New Testament, uh, what I've found is elder really is, it's almost never used in the singular. Okay, it's always, in a, it's always in a plurality. Always, 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 always. There's a few instances, and if you really want to get into the nitty-gritty, ask me about it, uh, but there's a few instances uh, that, um, where it is in the singular, and it's very, very... Um, uh, the, it's rare. John John calls himself um, the elder in is that second and third John, um, he, and so but that's about the only time. Now you might some of you who are really quick might go, yeah, but what about in First uh, Timothy five? Well, I I think it's that's the time that I believe it's talking about an older person. I can get into the details on that at some point if you want or you really want to, but ultimately when you look through it. Eldership is always about the plurality of elders. And I'll tell you why that I believe that is here in just a second. Um, 
because we're going to get into um, we're going to get into that in, in, a, in a moment a little bit more fully. But I believe that this term here, um, Paul uses this, and this is something I'm, I'm really, when you're trying to say, okay, I, I, this is how I think Paul thought. Okay, I'm getting out on, further out on the limb, okay? I'm, I'm going to look back. I'm trying to look into Paul's brain 2,000 years down the line. Um, so uh, overseer um, is actually used uh, in the Old Testament. A lot of times it, it's used for the sake, an overseer for the sacred and the military, which is really fascinating because that's who we are, right? The church is, is a, it's, a, it's the temple of God. It's the people of God. It's the army of God, right? So the overseer is used in, in that way. But I believe because, um, th- because of how eldership is used in the plurality, I kind of just think that Paul, when he wanted to talk about one person, he uses, he uses overseer. Because that's in the singular. Eldership just seems like it's, it's always, it's all, you look in the Old Testament, it's always plurality. It's always eldership. It's always the elders. It's, it's, not, um, it's not really ever in the singular. So I think that's one reason he uses um, overseer. So you, you look in uh, 1 Timothy and in Titus, both um, it gives the qualifications of an elder. Uh, I'm sorry, over, of an overseer. And the idea is, that if if the if these people who are called as an as an overseer or a bishop, if they had these qualities, then the entire eldership would have the same same qualities. And um, yeah, let me just say that real quickly. When you when you look in um, when you look in First Timothy, if you want to go there again, I'm not I'm not going to go through all of them, but uh, you look in First Timothy three. Um, it talks about all the, the qualities of an overseer. You can also find it in Titus. There's a little bit in uh, the first part of Philippians um, and also in First Peter, I believe. Um, all these things are character qualities. It's really interesting. You know, when, when you have, um, some of you all have, have received resumes and stuff before, right? Um, when, when somebody writes out a resume, what do, what do they put on there? Well, I've done this, and I've done that, and I've taught this, and I've participated in this sem- seminar, and I'm qualified in this way. I've got these degrees. I've got these certifications, right? That's not what Paul does. Isn't that interesting? It's all character qualities. They, they, um, they must be above reproach. They must be a husband of one, of, uh, one woman. They must be hospitable and peaceable and not, not wrathful and, and not a drunkard and have a good reputation with the community. But they, he does have one thing that they should do. They must be able to teach. And you see that in 1 Timothy um, 3. In um, Titus, he actually goes one step further and says, must be able to refute error. But everything else are, are these character qualities. Now, when you get to the deacons, they have much of the same character qualities, but not the apt to teach. So those who are overseers, the main emphasis is they must be able to teach and refute um, error, teach sound doctrine and refute error. And that's the only real, hey, this is what they have to be able to do. Everything else is is a more character issue. And that's one of the reasons I believe, um, you know, teacher comes into, yeah, please. 
Uh, it is in Titus 1. Um, that's, that's 1 9. Titus 1 9. Holding fast the faithful word which is in accordance with the teaching, so that he will be able both to exhort in sound doctrine and to refute those who contradict. Um, so that's your that's your overseer, or what what comes in next to the bishop. Um, then let me just say just a couple of words about teacher, because in in the our passage first in the Ephesians four eleven passage, um, it's um, a pastor. Uh, I believe you could even interpret it pastor who is a teacher, who, pastor that is a teacher. Um, so this is this is interesting. Um, I, was, I was looking at this. Um, in one of the names, so there's two things that a lot that the people called Jesus, and not his disciples so much, but all the the the, the masses, the crowds, uh, they called him Rabbi, they called him Teacher, right? Um, so and there's a couple of so a Rabbi, it it really Rabbi actually kind of means great one, so. It's it's used as it's used as a teacher. It's used as a uh, it's as actually sometimes interpreted master, which uh, you oftentimes you, you hear him call him master. It can be used as a um, actually like a, a master slave situation. So it's um, and then it, when it comes down further in history, you know these um, teachers of Israel are then called rabbis, but not it's 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 hard to say like around. Jesus time. Basically, what we have um, for rabbi in Jesus time comes from the Bible. There's not a lot of other um, sources there, as far as you know what um, a lot of these other could, could they're not they're not called rabbis as much. Um, you know, some of the great teachers, like like Paul didn't say, yeah, I was I was with Rabbi Gamaliel, right? He just said I was taught under Gamaliel. So they're calling Jesus. Rabbi, which ends up being a teacher, it's um, it's 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 master, it's great one. Um, so, it but it does it can be a teacher because it's also um, those who have the, like will have disciples, right? So, um, so you've got a you've got a shepherd who takes care of sheep, right? And you have a teacher who has disciples, which is that, you know, that's the Great Commission, right? Um, go teach, you know, make disciples of all the nations, teaching them to do all of the things that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age, right? So you've got this idea here. And why, why God uses all these terms, I'm not really sure, okay? <laughs> I, w I wish I knew. I was asking them, like, Lord, what do you you know, it, to them was to them was some one of those things that it made sense to them, and I, I think a lot of it is, if I if I had to put a, my spin on it, I I think what the Lord is doing a lot is taking a bunch of the examples out of the Old Testament, and and putting these different qualities on on these people who are supposed to be these pastors or part of the eldership or part of you know an, an overseer of his of his, his people. And so he's using them kind of as uh, pictures, if you will, 
a pastor, a shepherd is supposed to be this to the flock. Um, some of the things that you see um, that a, a shepherd is supposed to do, an overseer, uh, and when I use these terms, um, I'm going to just use them interchangeably, so don't go, what's he mean by that? If I say overseer one time, or if I say pastor one time, or okay, I'm just going to use them interchangeably. I'm not going to try to nuance them as much. But um, you, you do see some things that they're supposed to do. I mentioned teaching, okay, right? Um, in uh, 1 Timothy 5, it does say that they should uh, rule those who... Um, let me actually... Um, five seventeen. Um, this is First Timothy five seventeen. The elders who rule well are to be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. So you see that they shepherd the flock, they care for the flock, they they in some way rule, they some way they teach, they they have um, they disciple, they bring up. Um, remember uh, in Acts. 20, um, let me make sure I got that passage correct. Um, Acts 20, 17 and following, Paul calls the elders, this is, this is the time that they have all these terms together. He, he calls all the elders from Ephesus to him, right? And he, he says that they're to oversee the flock and they're to, and they're to guard the flock uh, because he says savage wolves are going to come in, even amongst yourselves. So guard, oversee, watch over. So that's one of the things that um, a pastor is supposed to do is watch over the flock and care for them. So they're, they're defending both doctrine and, and you know, against any other um, things that might be able to come into harm. That's part of the shepherding, overseeing, ruling. And now, let me try to get into a little bit more practical, I hope. If anybody has a question, please, I know this is, I'm, I'm skimming um, I've got, I, I've, I've done lots of papers and work on this, so I'm, I'm skimming over like about 50 pages worth of stuff. So, um, so let me get a little bit, that's just more of the history. Now, look, your turn to participate. Um, when, 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 uh, Paul or somebody writes a letter, they write to, to whom? To the church at, and they they used they used one of those signs. <laughs> to the church at what? Corinth, right? To the church at Ephesus, right? To the church at Rome, Galatia, which Galatia actually is a region, right? Now, what are those things? What 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 are these places? Okay, the the cities. They're cities, right? What what do we have now? So you have, you have Abundant Life Church, and you have Fight on the Hill Church, and you have, right? 
but how God sees a church is he sees the church of the city. He doesn't see all, you might have, I mean, Ephesus, if I remember correctly, they had about 80,000 people. You think they could all fit in one house? Because they didn't have buildings. They didn't, they didn't have, well, let, you know, let's, go to the, let's go to the local basketball arena, right? And everybody jam-pack in there. You know, they, they didn't have, um, you know, these, these big, you know, places uh, like, like they do down in the south where they, they can fit 20,000 people in a service. No, they, they met in houses. They may be able to jam 15, 20, 25, 30 people in there. I don't know how they, what they had with the upper room where they had 120. But, you know, the, there's, there are people's homes. How, how many people can you jam into your home? And these are, we're talking first century homes, right? So um, one of the reasons I believe they had many um, um, elders is because they had many locations. They had lots of people throughout the city because they had lots of homes they had to fit people into. But it was only one church. You had the church of Corinth, the church at Rome, the church at Ephesus. Okay? Now, why that's, that's important because um, I believe that that's what God is wanting to restore. And let me... Uh, ties some of this in together, okay? I'm hoping that a lot of these things will get, what we've been talking about, will get tied into so let me take one, one more baby step and then we'll try to tie into more where we are. Um, when you it going all the way back to um, Deuteronomy. All right, so this is before, or right as they're about to go into the, the promised land. Um, it, it talked about the elders, and where, where did the elders rule? Where, where was their seat of judgment? Remember? The gates, the gates. In fact, let me... Um, if, you, if you want, uh, it's Deuteronomy 22, 15, 25, 7, Joshua. Um, here's, a, here's a really good one. Um, in Ruth, Joshua judges Ruth. I know it's here somewhere. Here it is. Um, Ruth 4, it says, Now Boaz went up to the gate. And sat down there, and behold, the, the close relative of, of whom Boaz spoke was passing by. So he said, turn aside, friend, sit down here. And, and he turned aside and sat down. And he took ten men of the elders of the city and said, sit down here. So they sat down. Okay? So it was at the gates of the city that the elders ruled. Now, all, all the way back to, you know, to Ruth, right, you know, right after the judges, right around the time of the judges here. Okay? Back to Deuteronomy even. Joshua. The elders ruled at the gates of the city. Okay, so here's kind of the, the picture that I, that I kind of get in my mind when you're talking about, let's say, the church. So let's say this is Ephesus. Okay, and you have all these little homes all over here, okay? 
don't know if you can see that in with all the. But you got all these little homes where you've got these these different congregations. By the way, um, there's only like four places in the New Testament where church is um, used kind of as a home, um, and it, it's really an interesting format in the um, in the actual Greek wording of it. If you're interested, I can show you that sometime. But find more information than you want. But um, it's really almost always either use church universal or a church in a city. All right, so you've got Ephesus. You've got all these little congregations within there, but it's one church. And you, you've got the elders, right? You've got the elders of Ephesus that actually oversee the, the church at Ephesus. You see that? So it may not be just one. It might be multiple. It might be 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 different congregations. I'll use that loosely. Meetings, okay, of, of, different, of, of, different, of different believers in all the different houses. But it's one church. Now, that one church was ruled by the elders who were under Paul. Right? Paul is the apostle that is um, overseeing that church. Now you've got um, the apostles were kind of translocal. I mean, it wasn't just Paul's. Another apostle could speak into that. You see later, um, John ends up being in Ephesus. And Ephesus becomes you know, John's um, congregation later when, when John is older and um, I you know, more than likely, Paul has passed on. You know, he's been um, executed under Nero. Um, but you've got these elders who are underneath an apostolic oversight. Okay? Now, I believe with the elders, you, are, you, can, you can have within the elders, I believe, some other of the, um, of the Ephesians 4.11 gifts. So you've got, you know, you might have... Um, for example, you've got Peter, uh, when in his um, closing, he says uh, that he's a fellow elder. Okay, I'm a fellow elder. Again, it's not; it's part of the it's part of the whole, is what he's saying. You know, he's not. I am an elder. You know, he's no. It's a fellow elder. It's a, it's uh, with the elders. Um, so he's an apostle, though, right? But he's participating in the in the elder rule of a certain group. So you can have, you know, you might maybe you'll have some other prophets in here, or maybe an evangelist, or in definitely all the overseers, right, that are under um, an apostolic oversight. Does that make sense? And what happens is, is you know, this is why, you know, um, what was it? Probably a year and a half ago, or more, maybe, uh, maybe probably two years ago. I we were talking to um, Pastor Kevin and Lynn and. We're mentioning something, and Liz said, I said, "Oh well, we did this gates of the city thing." I went, "You did what?" And uh, Penny, do you help with that? Um, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I've got the whole list of all the different entrance points to the city, and and how we can, you know, where they are, and how we can press." Like, oh, that's that is so prophetic, and so you know that that's what the church is all about, and that's what the eldership is all about. Um, is is sitting at the gates now? 
Now, what, what God wants to do, okay, when God sees, let's, let's, let's say God sees the church at Willimantic, church at Wyndham, okay, what he, there, there are two governments, if you will, in this area, right? There is, there is a physical government, right? That, that, that sets up the different ordinances and the legal stuff and they, they take care of, you know, the, the taxes and if you, if you get in trouble, you know, for, you know, whatever, you're going to go answer to the judge over here or if you don't pay your taxes, you're going to go answer to them, you know, um, whatnot. They, they do, but there's also a spiritual government and that's what God sees. He sees the spiritual government of this area. And he, he's look. I, I believe he's looking. He's saying, "Okay, where, where's the where's the government? Where's the eldership? What would happen if we didn't have this this building over here? If we didn't oh, across the street? If we didn't have the town hall? If, if we didn't have anybody working over there? Chaos, chaos. right? That's a good word. Thank you. Perfect. It'd be it'd be chaos, right? You'd, you'd have no law and order. Okay, what do you think the roads would look like? Right? Uh, what, what would we have roads? How about plowing during the winter? Okay? W parks? Recreation? Taxes? Garbage pickup? Water? Sewage? Right? I mean, w all these things that, that the local government does that we, we rely on. But what about the, the government of God's church, what he sees as the spiritual government of the city? What happens if there is no spiritual government of the city? What if there are no elders to sit at the city gate? What if the elders don't like each other? Or they say, I'm not going to work with that guy over there. What happens, and I, I'm sure, I'm sure you, you guys over here have your own little thing, but eventually you get work done, right? But... But what God is looking for government inside an area, whether it's whether it's Wyndham or whether you're talking about Hartford or New London or New York City or or L.A. or you know all God is looking for His spiritual government in a place where the eldership will come together under an apostolic government, um, so that they they have accountability and the apostles also have accountability. It's not anybody out on their own. Everybody's accountable. Everybody, you know, even if the apostles have, they get together and, and hash it out. But it's the apostles and the elders get together and they, they hash things out together. But there's a spiritual government. And what happens if you don't, if you don't, like, I love the word that Lynn used. If you don't have this government over here, the physical government, it's chaos. If you don't have the spiritual government, what do you have? Chaos. Are you starting to see it? Okay. So if we don't have this here, you're going to have a mess. Just like if you don't have the government of the town, you have a mess. If you don't have the spiritual government, what you have a mess. Now, God works in a lot of messes and God is very very gracious and praise God for it, okay? And he he's very merciful. He looks and he he sees that people try and he gives us a lot a lot of grace and praise God 
he does because we would mess things up really badly if, we did, if he didn't give us lots of grace. All right? But this is what he's looking for because this type of, of church government, if you will, the elders of the city, the, the pastors working, sitting down and working together and standing at the gates, this is what protects a city. This is what protects. This is what um, you're able to get together and you're able to say, okay, look, there, there's, there's a big mess, com- there's a pandemic coming on, let's all get together and say, quit, no, not happening, it's not coming in here. There's addiction, say, we, you all get together, say, no, not in our place, because they're at the gates and um, they're allowed to say, no, whatever, I'm not allow- we're not allowing that to come into our gates, it's, it's not there, because we're at the gates checking everything that comes in, Right? We're, we're, we're making sure this kind of stuff doesn't come into our area. And we're, we're instead saying, okay, um, things of the Lord, absolutely. You want joy, more joy? Yes. More peace? Absolutely. More freedom? You know, freedom from addiction, freedom from uh, all, whatever. Yep. Bring it on in. It, suicide? No. We're not, we're, not taking, no we're not taking any of this. We're not, bringing that, we're not letting that stuff in. But it comes with that group, that eldership um, coming together. And that's what I really want to see happen here. I believe that we are situated, I, I believe being right here across from the town hall is just, I think it's a God thing. I really do. I think it is a prophetic God thing that he, God's put you know, the, the actual physical government here and one of the seats of his government right across the street. I think it is just an absolute prophetic um, God-ordained deal. And I've, you know, I believe um, one thing I, I really love about our area is so many of the pastors have such a, a congeniality. Uh, we really do. And it, it's, it is, it's rare uh, being able to, and, and I've seen it since the time I, we moved into Connecticut, um, but it's rare the, the congeniality and the, the, the pastors working together. Where, where I've come from, um, we, we get along, but we get along in front of each other's faces. Okay? All right? I'm gonna, let me just be honest. Uh, a lot of the churches, I, I know when I was on staff, it was like, oh, this, this new church is coming in town. We've got to up our game. We don't want to uh, lose any of our people to them. Right? So it's this competitive attitude, you know, and, and, and if, they're, if they're, you know, it's like, how can, like, how can I get some of their people, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then you see them, and they're like, oh, hi, how you doing? Bless you, brother. It's so good to see you. But behind it, you're going, okay, how can we steal them, right? <laughs> I'm sorry, Lord. I was, I was there at one point. Not, but, you know, here it's not like that, where the pastors get together. And like, hey, you know what? Um, let, how can we work together on this project? What can we do? How can we pray together about this? And across denominational lines, and it, it's really sweet. It really is. It is it's a great, great thing. And I, w- I want to say that publicly, that the pastors in the area, you know, and I, I don't know what percentage it is, but so many of them have, have a great congeniality, a love for one another, a love for the body. You know, we work together well. Um, and if, if somebody needs something, you know, we're, we're really... Um, uh, glad to help and to send, you know, send whatever is needed. Um, you know, it, it's also good, you know, I've, I've had, um, 
I've talked with uh, other pastors where they, if, if somebody sh- uh, shows up from another church, you know, they'll, they'll say, hey, I know you belong over there. I'm going to call your pastor and make sure it's okay, um, and which is a really good thing. You know, say, yeah, it, it's fine. We're, we're, one, we're one body. It's okay, but I'm just going to make sure your pastor knows you're here. Is that, <laughs> is that okay? And if they say, no, please don't, <laughs> then you go, okay, why don't you go back and talk to them, right? Let, let's make sure this happens correctly. But that's, that's how the, it's supposed to work, you know, is that, that we, we, uh, we're, we're setting up that, that church in the city, the church in the area. And we've got a really, really good start, okay? And I really am I'm hopeful and, and prayerful that, that that's, it's not just going to be a start, but we're going to move forward in that. And it, as we do, as we do, we are going to really see God's structure God's structure come about so that we can stand together, because as I as I said, you know the the um, uh, the things that pastors or elders do is is you know they, they shepherd, they protect the flock. We can't protect the flock if we're not standing together, because it's it's all one flock, right? We might have different places where we meet on Sunday morning, but it's all one flock in the area, and we have to stand and protect the flock together, protect at the city gates. We need, we need to um, rule the flock, if you will, rule the area, okay? But a lot of that, you know, how can you, you know, Paul, Paul does discipline. How can you tell somebody, hey, you know what? You're, you're, you're not acting right. You, 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 you can't stay here for right now, okay? How can you say that if you're not working with another, all the other pastors? What if they say, fine, I'll just go down the street. They don't know anything about it. I'll just sit in their church, and they'll love me too. But if you're working with everybody, Right, you can you can exercise church discipline. I, I I don't believe we have to exercise any church discipline around here, but that's one of the areas, right? So that you are you are shepherding the people, you're you're in some way ruling, you're teaching, you know. We're having we're being able to have group things together, because you know what? We might be a great church in, let's say it's prayer or the prophetic or the uh, you know we may be maybe we're a great serving church, but you know what? Um, maybe maybe down at Light on the Hill, they're they're a, a great church with um, you know mercy, or a great church with um, you know they 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 work really well in the distinguishment of spirits or, or something. You know, but they have that, but we don't. But you know what? That's that's okay because we can work with them, and we can say, hey, you know, we need some help in this. Now, yeah, well, we're, we've got we got more than enough to spare. Let me step in there. Hey, do you have? Do you need something that we have? Yeah, right. So we're all working together because it's not any of us that have all the gifts, and I believe that with all the different bodies too. A lot because a lot of times, yeah, I'm about finished. It's good. A lot of times, you know, we we honestly we group together with people who are like. I think a lot of the times that happens with gifts. And we'll, we'll see that as we go forward. I, I would love it that we have all the gifts uh, re- in, you know, represented in our, in our group. And maybe you'll have a big enough church that, you, that that can happen. But I think a lot of times you, you don't because you know, you'll have a lot of people who are, are very prophetic, so they get together. You have a lot of people who just love teaching, so all the people who like to be students, they all get together, Right? Or you've got a lot of people who, um, you know, they're, they're very service-oriented. So all the service folks get together. A lot of places have a lot of mercy 
you know, you'll, you'll see some of these churches, you know, down here that, that boy, they're just mercy-filled churches. So all the mercy folks say, I'm just going to serve. I'm going to get out in the community, and I'm going to serve meals, and I'm going to feed the I'm going to feed the hungry. I'm going to clothe the homeless. You know, a lot of the mercy folks get together. And that's okay. It's, it's, I'm, not, I'm not saying anything against that. But what I am saying is we all need each other. Right? So maybe a lot of people who love teaching are here, but all the mercy are here. And you say, you know what? Can, can we share? Right? Let's work together. So that, hey, we need some mercy over here. We got some folks. Can, can I send them your direction? Yeah. I got some folks that need some teaching. Can I send them your way? Yeah. See what I'm saying? So, so we're all working together. And I say, well, I believe we got a good start in that. So um, I know that's a lot of, of I'm, I'm tossing out a lot of like book knowledge today. But, um, you know, as what, what I want us to grasp hold of, though, is, is the vision that, that we are one church. One, one local church with all the churches, all the Bible-believing churches in the area, people who stand on the word, believe that, that Jesus is the, uh, the Savior and the only way, because there's, there's quote-unquote churches that don't believe that. Okay, I'm not talking about them as much. Hopefully they'll come in and you know, repent and, and get saved. But those who are Bible-believing, I want us to, to start looking at these churches. Let's pray for them. You know, we need to be praying for, you know, Pastor John, and Pastor Darren, and and uh, Pastor Donnie over here, and you know, let's pray for the. You know, these we're all one group, and um, let's begin to look and say, okay, how can we give? And I think we're doing that already, but let's let's look more. How can we give? How can how can how can we um, work together on different things? And then, I believe what we'll see is the church grow. This is the vision. Okay, this is part of the vision, is that the church in the area comes together so that when that happens, I believe you'll see a ground-shaking move of God that is that, uh, nothing like in this world has seen before. Because we'll have the authority to stand and to, to take care of all the different problems, right? And, you know, where the enemy has gotten hold of, because um, Lynn said there's chaos, right? When there's no law... The enemy will do whatever he wants to. But as soon as you have the church come in and set up, start setting up legal standards for the, uh, the principalities and powers, to have, they have to follow them. They don't have a choice in the matter. But when you don't have any law, then they can do whatever they want. Right? So the more God's government comes in, the more that everything must come in line. And every one of you is part of that. Every one of you is part of that. Amen? So, let's, um, we, we can do it together. All right?